Welcome to On The Mic Podcast. This is your host, Tim Drake. On today's episode, I have actor Landon Henneman. I've always kind of crossed paths with Landon over the last few years at some local award shows, uh, but I've never really had the chance to meet meet and sit down and chat with him. Uh, so this is, a, this is a good opportunity as we were heading out to Los Angeles to record some episodes. Uh, Landon just moved out to L.A. to continue to further his, uh, his acting career, and we wanted to be able to sit down and talk with him, kind of find out how his, uh, how his experience has been so far, and also talk to him about some of the new films that, uh, that he has out right now. Uh, Landon was just in Love Everlasting alongside Austin, and uh, it was great to have Austin on the trip to be able to kind of talk talk uh, with both of them uh, about their experiences uh, working on that film together and, uh, and learn more, you know, about how Landon uh, brought his character to life and about some of his experiences on set there, uh, as well as the film The Last Descent uh, that Landon was, uh, was recently in about the Nutty Putty Caves in Utah, uh, a very heartbreaking story that I remember seeing on the news uh, several years back. And, uh, and Landon kind of told his experience there and, and, and kind of, you know, how, how he grew up around the Nutty Petty Caves as well and how this story meant so much to him and, and just some of the experiences, you know, between the director and the family uh, that are involved with, within this story. Uh, but it was incredible to be able to sit down and talk with Landon. We had such a great time. It was, it was good to finally, to finally really meet him. I would always see him in random commercials and things and be like, oh, there's, there's Landon. I, I sat behind him once in an award show and, and I lost and, and Landon won. And we, we were never competing against each other, but I, I usually lost in those award shows. So, so I, I'm used to seeing Landon do just exceptional things, and so it was great to finally talk to him uh, about his career and uh, and uh, learn learn more about you know kind of how he, he started acting. It was a lot of fun, and I'm really glad that we were able to finally make this happen. Uh, coming up in the next couple weeks here, I will be back out in California uh, for WonderCon down in Anaheim. Uh, I always look forward to covering that event. And uh, what the hell, I'm hitting up Disneyland as, as well. It's been a while since I've been to Disneyland. And so my wife and I decided while while we were down there, we may as well uh, take take some time and, and spend a day at Disneyland. Uh, but yeah, we'll be talking to people at WonderCon. Really looking forward to covering it. There's always so many fun, fun people at WonderCon. It's a little bit you know different than San Diego Comic-Con, even though it's put on by Comic-Con International. It's a little bit subdued. It's not quite as crazy as San Diego Comic-Con. And it's it's really more, at least to me, it seems it's more about the artist. And it's really, really cool to be able to walk around and see all the different comic art and pop culture art and be able to have a little bit more hands-on experience than you sometimes get at San Diego because there's you know, so many more people at San Diego. But yeah, we're really looking forward to getting down there um, and covering that and, uh, and being able to return once again to WonderCon. Uh, we'll also be in New York City coming up May uh, 8th through the 10th. Uh, Christopher and I will be out there recording some episodes uh, that we're really looking forward to as well. Still trying to get some details uh, set up for a live episode out there. Um, but yeah, it should be, should be a really good time. We're excited to be going to New York City. This is Christopher's first time in New York, so I, I kind of I look forward to playing tour guide, being able to show him around Manhattan. And uh, yeah, he's terrified of rats, so I'm really hoping that he sees a rat on the subway because I have a feeling he's going to scream and cry and jump on top of a turnstile and try not to die from a harmless rat. But yeah, it'll, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, we had such a great time in Los Angeles. There'll be so many more great episodes uh, to come. So we have Brooke Tranter, who I, who I met through Second City. Uh, she's a phenomenal actress. We've got her episode coming up. Caitlin Durante over at the Nerdist Showroom. Uh, she's the program director over there. Uh, she also hosts an incredible podcast, puts on a great comedy show there once a month. And of course, our 100th episode uh, that you will be hearing uh, in another few weeks here. So that, that's going to be a lot of fun. We're really excited for that with Lady to Lady. Uh, we had so much fun recording that with them. So they're, they're always such a great time. But for now, enjoy this episode with Landon Henneman. Uh, again, it was so much fun being able to sit down and record with Landon uh, just a few hours after we got into town. 
Uh, so we, we were a little exhausted, but we still made the best of it. And yeah, it was an, it was an incredible time. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. Make sure to go follow Landon on all the links up on the website. Check out his films Love Everlasting and The Last Descent, available both on iTunes. We'll have those links up as well. Enjoy this episode with Landon Hanneman. Whatever, whatever makes it in. It's usually Austin making some strange noise. <laughs> Christopher's automatically making his Darth Vader noise without realizing it. Oh yeah, that's true. We, we've had we've had episodes where I go back through to edit it, and he's literally snoring during the episode. In all fairness, <laughs> that was like twelve so thirty huh? one in the morning. No, it was not. It was like ten at night. Okay, maybe secretly, <laughs> secretly I'm a narcoleptic and I'm a little embarrassed about it. So thanks for bringing that to a he was no, like, hormone attention. disorder. <laughs> That explains my breasts. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he would finish a sentence and also we'd cheer. Well, there's also Jesse who's <laughs> like agrees. on a delay and then finally he'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so how long have you been living out here now? Three weeks. <laughs> so you're still, you're still getting great. a lie of the land. I finally just found my like teacher and a lot of stuff. So it's been <laughs> That one guy you were telling me about? Or someone else. Probably someone else. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> There's, yeah, you just have to find your groove, man. So, I don't know. I, I wonder, who are we talking about? I'm trying to remember who we were talking about. It was some guy who, Selena Gomez came in your oh, class that, was, that one day. That's Blake's class. Yeah, Blake's class. Yeah, Blake's class. Mr. The, the dirty old man. <laughs> That's all I remember. Was dirty old man. He just turns like yeah, whatever scene into like a, sinec- a sexual, well, a sexual, <laughs> sexual scenario. It's pretty much like hardcore porn without seeing any porn. It's like that's what that is. Lady You're walks. Just hearing it. You're just hearing it all, and just drinking it. You in. You had no idea how and much sexual just... tension was in a scene <laughs> where like the character just walks into the gas station and they like order it's peanuts just... and he's like, yes, but are the peanuts peanuts or are they come? Ah! You just like throw <laughs> yeah, yelling it, random crap. It's so gross. I was, I was just too much for me, man. Sounds like showgirls on TVS. He's a good teacher, though. Like, I'm not saying he's like. He's Wait, this is the teacher. Yeah, this is the oh, teacher, shit. Dude. I, th- I thought this was like some crazy weird student that was like trying to there make those things happen. Two. There's, there's, <laughs> it's a two-way street. They're learning the craft. <laughs> they're, they're learning the craft of the Skittles. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah, one of, yeah. it's one of those teachers that just reads ahead like the week before and it's just like, I got this. It's so weird. He said that he had a student like throwing Skittles and they're pretending that that was like the semen or something. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. A, Skittles at her. There's a commercial yeah. of that. Yeah. There's actually a commercial of that. <laughs> It was a, it was like an, an R-rated Skittles commercial. I don't think it was in the U.S. Wow. But there was oh yeah, actually... the honeymoon one, right? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I've, seen I've seen that. I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it was like a band commercial or something. It's a yes. rainbow or facial. Never aired, but it's online. So put put it closer to your mouth there, Austin. Blah 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 blah. blah. You are really quiet, and I don't know why. I guess I will just have to project. I guess you will. Yeah, is think, that about? Think Will Ferrell. Breathe. Is sure. That, okay. <sighs> <laughs> so, so how's it been kind of getting situated and everything um i've i've had a blast honestly i mean i think a lot of people are, yeah it's it's like a i guess it just depends how you come out here like if you're prepared a little bit or if you're just winging it 
Yeah. You know, I definitely don't wing things that are serious. So, like, I was just ready. What are you talking about? It's just your life and finances. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> that's bullshit. Who needs that? Yeah. You know, and I don't know. So, I've, I've had a blast. I mean, just the, just the fact that I'm not uh, scraping my windshield off every morning. Um, <laughs> we we, yeah, we literally had to do that just two days ago. Yeah. Exactly. God damn it, Christopher, put that microphone farther away from your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we've got it like, backwards. There's, there's like a brief moment of silence, and all I can hear is. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I'm barely breathing. <laughs> You're barely breathing. It's like a small herd of cattle barely breathing. <laughs> Maybe that's what I was going for. <laughs> he woke up Jesse in the middle of the night last night because Jesse thought there was a small dying elephant in the room. Oh, he woke up just Jesse. Oh. Uh, you were already. I was. Yeah. That's pretty intense. I couldn't go to sleep. Okay, so I guess I never got woken up. Je- Jesse, Je- Jesse wakes up and he he records audio on his phone across the room so that he could show it to Christopher. <laughs> and what was it your girlfriend said, Jesse? That it sounded like he actually sent it to his girlfriend. He sounded. Like, she said it sounded like a car trying to start that wouldn't turn over. <laughs> uh, so really, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, they don't tell you about that in school about obesity that you might sound like a dying animal <laughs> in your sleep. Side I actually effects. think they do. It, yeah. Is it like sleep apnea or something like that yeah. that you get the... I don't know. They just told me to run around and do a lap. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. Do a lap, fatty. <laughs> last year, last year, Austin almost smothered him with a pillow. I did. I actually <laughs> attempted he it. I was, yeah. he was, I was in Jesse's position. He was across the room, and I, w- I finally woke up, and I was like so sick of hearing this snoring that I took a pillow over there, and I was going to like just kind of smother him and like... Or just putting, I was going to rest on his face, not actually kill him, but... No, not uh, actually, maybe attempted maybe murder. Yeah, just a little. my mind, but I didn't follow through with it. And so I just, like, I'm, like, about to do it. And as soon as it gets, like, an inch from his face, he's just, like... He, like, looks at me, and we're just, like... I'm, like, shut up! <laughs> he's, like, oh, sorry. And then, like, Erin falls back asleep. And that was it. I've had to do but that was, before, where you just are, like... Shut up! Yeah. <laughs> and then they stop for like two minutes. Yeah, no, two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the hell up! <laughs> yeah. We, we've had that with Austin, though, when we were down in San Diego, and he was snoring up a storm, and I grabbed a pillow from off the bed, <laughs> chucked it at him, and he catches it in his sleep and just <laughs> rolls just like, over with the kinda pillow. kind of creepy. I was just like laying there, not even facing you, right? Yeah. And he like threw it at me, and I was like, uh, and just kind of like <laughs> caught it, and then like... <laughs> the next morning, as he wakes it. up, he's like... Why is there another pillow in here? <laughs> That's, really That's one thing I'm getting used to is like where I live and where I sleep, there's just weird noises all over like at night. Have you started to find the sirens at least comforting? Yeah, those are those are <laughs> subtle. I love them. It sounds like a guy, the guy that lives below me is a wood carver and I hear this <laughs> <laughs> taking like, the bark off like two, like two in the morning i'm like what is freaking going on you know like it's, it's the like, next morning he just walks out with a full canoe on his shoulder yeah that's how I, <laughs> he's this asian guy he's, he's cool but yeah I, i'm always curious like what the freak is going on downstairs like it's at really weird odd hours and hope it's not murder you do you <laughs> you do you <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you approach that. So, what you're making in there? Uh, clocks, uh, canoe, yeah. murder. Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I like peek in when I walk past because he leaves the door open a lot, and there's no furniture. It's just like some chairs. <laughs> Do, does it smell like bleach? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he has. A, yeah, I don't know. He has like 
a thousand plants outside. He just has little cups of, with plants, you know, that he takes care of. So I don't know if that's a symbol of anything weird, but there's lots of them. Like, it is very strange. Like 50. <laughs> like, just all in weird places. And I'm like, why are these out here? Because it doesn't look good. It's, uh, it's, I don't know. Does he, like, talk to them or, like, have relationships with them? Or is it just, they're just plants? But I don't I don't speak Chinese. I don't know. Okay. Everyone in my complex speaks but a different language. There's our siren. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Music to my ears. <laughs> <laughs> so have you got to know very many people out here the so lullaby. far? Yeah, I already knew quite a few people out here actually. And uh yeah, I've I met a lot of people through uh obviously church activities but also acting and um uh yeah, it's I went on a date last night with a cool girl. Yay. That was fun. <laughs> that was like my first date here she's a cool brazilian girl she's a lot of fun nice, we went nice. down to balboa island uh newport um did you just meet you met her here then or did yeah you beforehand oh yeah where did we meet again oh yeah it was the comedy show huh the comedy there's like this comedy show thing and yeah and then what was cool is where we went you you put your car on a ferry yeah and they float over there yeah, I've, d- I've done the Balboa Island little and I was drive like, on and float over. This is a lot cooler than anywhere. Like, I was like, I don't ever get boated around in my car, you know? Like, was, I thought that was rad. I think the Great Salt Lake has enough salt that if you did that back home, it would just float its it way out there. It would just float. The <laughs> car would just turn into You ready a boat. for this, baby? Woo! <laughs> did you, have you seen those, we like, don't need Jeeps a boat. They, they built that you can, like, they, you drive up on land, and then when you go into the water, you can, like, turn it into a boat. Have you seen those? No. They just drive. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, it's like, yeah, they just drive on water and you pull up and drive on the land. Dude, you've seen them? Yeah. Oh, dude, those are sick. I, I kind of want one of those now. I want now. one of those really bad. I have no reason to have one, but I want one now just so I can just drive in water when I feel like You just do it. You just drive down onto the beach and ding, 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 transformer. You know, <laughs> noises, noises, noises. Yeah. Optimus, go. <laughs> Uh, Wasn't it the Simpsons when Homer's car just like randomly turns into the turns into a transformer and he's just coming out Optimus Prime's butt? What? No, I don't know. I, I I'm pretty sure it was a Treehouse of Horror episode. <laughs> that, that, that's what would worry me about it. <laughs> so now, how many how many um, films do you have out right now? If, if, I feel like there is a ton that are are out there with Love Everlasting that you're in with Austin. So and then, lucky to be in with Austin. <laughs> He's the reason I'm good. His career would be nowhere if he wasn't <laughs> in that with me. I'm curious how much joy you got punching him in the face. We really did it. I really punched him. It was. Great. I was like, Landon, go for it. He's just. If I don't land in that urinal, I think I actually did though. Once <laughs> I when he was crawling out of it, out of the bathroom, like that was real. Like he didn't know what was going on. I was. So he was disoriented. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> really got me. No, but there's. I think. When you're not in a market like L.A., I think you're lucky if you can land multiple just independent projects that are actually distributed and actually do stuff. And so um, I think right now, I mean, they still have some festivals in Utah where they're showing like three movies I did. Um, <laughs> I know it's kind of weird. It's like something that you worked on like two years ago. Yeah, John One Lyde, year ago. John Lyde's film, he did a, a like a sci-fi. Oh, yeah, how long ago was 626 that? Evolution is what it's called. Yeah. With uh, uh, Dan, Daniel Chuck, uh, Dan, Danny Chuckran, yeah, we filmed it like last winter, or something. 
it's like a found footage type film where like it like the filming and the cameras are like up in the corners of the room. Yeah, it kind of had like um oh what's that show called with uh, Dane Don um it was like one oh, of his Oh, a Chronicle? Chronicle. Kind of okay. kind of seemed like Did that. you see it? I haven't I never seen saw the movie. it, but that's kind of like the vibe I got from yeah, it. It's kind of yeah. like either it's a security camera. It's not like someone carrying their iPhone like well, Cloverfield or something like that. Or is it kind of also There is that. But so it's a mix of all. But of it. but like also like, I was acting with a GoPro because nice. the other <laughs> actors' eyes were the GoPro. Like I was looking oh, at really? them, so they would just be like, "Act into this." I was like, "Okay," you know. It was that was a weird experience. So I think <laughs> I'd rather do that than act like to a green screen, though. Yeah, probably. At least it's I don't you know, can pretend it's like a robot, like, like a robot a guy, like you know. Versus just like some <laughs> green vastness. All right, there's a thing behind you. Just kind of like. And now that thing's flapping. It's flapping. And, oh, watch out for the fire. <laughs> Turn it's, left. Oh. It's just green. Oh, it's so just funny. Green. So I, I know when, one of the times when I when I was over at Warner Brothers, they had mentioned that I want to say it was Hangover Three, like the whole giraffe scene at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Like they had walked in and all of Stage Sixteen, which is gigantic, was just wrapped in all pink, and like. There was nothing but pink as far as you could see in there. And I was just like, that wow, would, that would be weird. That would be really weird. It'd be like walking into like a big thing of gum. Did, but I'm sure Zach Galifianakis was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Why is everybody weirded out? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> Don't you guys usually see this? <laughs> this is all I see most of the days I live. <laughs> so now with, with Love Everlasting, that, that was, was that the first project you'd worked on with Austin? Yeah. I think so. No, the colorless green movie. Remember that? But I was a featured extra. Either way, that I didn't was have any f- dialogue. Yeah. Well, in that scene, I didn't either. I only <laughs> had like a couple lines in the movie. Did that ever come out? I don't know what's become of it. I did see it. They had like a premiere in Salt Lake. What'd you think? Um, oh, that's right. I forgot that they had that premiere. I wanted to go see that though because I was yeah. just curious. Like, what did you think about it? It I turned mean, out pretty good. I thought for you did? like the amount of money like they made it for. I think they made it for like. I don't know, less than twenty like ten grand or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's like pretty much just asking people for favors to like get the film made, you know, that sort of thing. So f- with that being said, I thought it turned out pretty good. Well, I he have was, a DVD of it. I think I have two of them actually. I read for your role too, man. One. I mean, Austin kind of just stole all the roles for a while. <laughs> I just couldn't keep no. up. No. With them. So <laughs> we don't really audition for the same things anymore, though. Yeah, it's changing. Like we we still do, but I feel like what we normally get cast as, like we can still we're like right in the age range where you can go, you can play like later twenties and mid twenties and early twenties, and I can only play like early twenties and teens. Yeah, we're like if it's right in that vein, depending how they want to cast it. As long as we can both play play Charlie Prince someday. Oh, that's all I ask. (laughs) Landon and I are huge Ben Foster fans. <laughs> we like always just rant and rave over Ben Foster and especially him in 310 to Yuma, which I watched again for like you, 30th time. You the other should day. have seen him at Comic Con a couple of years ago and the entire Warcraft I told cast him. was like just oh, a few yeah. feet in front of us and Austin's just like. I would have lost no, my No, I didn't know Ben Foster was there. Because you, oh you, were, cause you until, started mentioning no, how just gigantic he was. It was until was. the end I didn't know. Because uh, he was in front of us like hanging out. Yeah, and then he like yeah. We didn't recognize him at first because he had got so huge. Yeah, he was like sitting right in front of me, and I would have just been like, "Hey, dude, I like I freaking love you, man. You're like a really good actor." And <laughs> been all weird and like, you should have been like, "Can I just like?" They had lots of guns, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> they were shooting bullets. <laughs> He'd probably just laugh. 
But yeah, he was freaking yacked out. He was huge, and I was like, holy shit, what is he like? Like, he's got to be putting this on for for hell or high water. Some, he wasn't like huge in hell or high water. I mean, he's like got some size on him, but I don't know if that was it. Maybe I don't think it was, it was. for something else. Yeah, because we kept trying to rack our brains yet. what it was. Because yeah, he was just he was a beast. Oh yeah, I don't picture him being like super huge, so that's weird. Me either. And I don't. Think and he, he played like Lance is. Armstrong and stuff too. Yeah. So like he's like Mr. Skinny guy. So I don't know. That's he weird. lost weight for that though, just by giving up a testicle. So he was totally fine. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's how I lose weight. <laughs> that is the heaviest part of the body. I've only got one strike left. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> it's this kind of podcast. <laughs> hmm. Now, one thing I did not know with Love Everlasting that Austin had told us was that you uh, you even helped write on it. Yeah, just the touch-ups, the rewrites. Um, I don't know. It was it was fun. It was a good experience. I mean, I think I learned that I could write if I have the right story that I want to tell. You know, and and that's pretty much. What Did you I mostly learned. just do like dialogue then? Mostly just dialogue, because because once like the the main writer once they write, you can't just go into the rewrite and say hey. Uh, I actually don't let's, think let's rewrite the whole script. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's you, you just take what's there and you just put you add your value, you know, for for me it was um cuz you have to respect that someone actually sat down for like a month every yeah. day and just wrote, you know, cuz a lot of people talk about doing that but they don't really do it. There's a lot of talk. Oh, so yes. so that's why I respect Rob for actually like writing the script and then it was really cool that he you know, let people give him feedback and, and, you know, add different snippets from everybody's point of view. And like you had so. mentioned earlier, it's tough, like, not being in Los Angeles or New York or just a bigger market, being in a smaller or medium market, to actually just have movies be fully made, you know, like, go from script oh, yeah. to pre-production to filmed it. That's what's insane about Edited, Rob, though, is he then turns... He makes movies. He like, turns so out that films a lot of people right. talk like you're saying. They just talk and they like, oh yeah, I got all these things in the. Well, and you find those people works. a lot of times will say negative things towards uh, people that are doing stuff and just, right. you know, oh you, you made a movie, so uh, it sucked. Yeah. Oh, you know, and all you really have to it. say is like, what what movie did you make? Yeah. Uh, That's why I could never be a film critic because I movie. feel like if I'm not like. How oh, can yeah. I sit back and be like, oh, that movie sucks? And yeah, if I'm not. Film critics are people that just never hacked it actually making them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably. Or they make so. shitty ones like Mono's Hand of Fate. Wasn't that the one that one of Siskel and Ebert made? Which one? Mono's Hand of Fate. I don't know. You know the random ass movies. Yeah. I'm scared when you mention a random movie now. <laughs> I, I'm downright uh, terrified when you throw random movies at us. I'm not physically throwing it at you. <laughs> you may as well. You like throw yeah. the DVD like, like a ninja star. It's usually a phone. <laughs> it has him in his sleeve. Yeah, <laughs> must love dogs. Ah. Yeah, the first the first time he did that to us, it was Jack Frost, I think. Oh, yeah. oh He's yeah. like, hey, watch this where a snowman rapes somebody in a bathtub, and here it's comes like, a carrot. It's like one of these B-list <laughs> oh horror movies you'd see on Sci-Fi Channel, and yeah. it, was, it was so funny. It was. It's like a Jack Frost horror film. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's the snowman who's been possessed by like a no, he got demon spirit. Radioactive of, waste spilled on him, and he oh, it's radioactive waste. Yeah, I apologize because that usually helps snow, you know, stay together. Yeah, and and uh, <laughs> Christmas cheer. Wow, <laughs> and Christmas cheer. Yeah. <laughs> nice cup Spike of Christmas cheer. Mm. <laughs> Christopher just always has these random like 
random B-list like horror movies or something that just like throws out there and we're like, that thing exists? And, and yeah. then he's always shocked yeah. that we don't know that it exists. <laughs> <laughs> and then I we're see. shocked at how that got distributed or yeah. how anything just happened. shocked. <laughs> how that exists. That, that's, where, that's where How Did This Get Made comes in handy. Yeah. <laughs> if you've never listened to that podcast, it's a great one. <laughs> I like the the show on what is it like the made? Travel Channel or something. It's like how it's made, and it's like all the like random things like a pillow or a oh, car geez. tire, and then it's just like randomly this B list horror movie. How this was made, <laughs> we have no idea. Actually, the next product <laughs> must be blood money. <laughs> <laughs> something. <laughs> Something out there that that would make sense for for a lot of movies. <laughs> yes, yes. So I, I feel like I've seen you around for quite some time on the on the Utah scene. How long have you been acting now? Uh, since I was twenty four, almost twenty five. So yeah, it's been like four years of just solid focus, I guess, on it. So, so. I mean, with, with it only being that long or that short, I should say. I mean, you've cranked out. A lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel lucky. I, I think when you like really find what um, you find a purpose in your life, I mean, something that uh, makes you tick. Like I, I always focus on like making sure I have no regrets with anything because I, I, I approached it all with a lot of trepidation and fear because expressing yourself in any art is uh, very intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a lot of like... <laughs> courage especially from someone i dealt i dealt with a lot of emotional insecurities growing up a lot of issues and stuff and uh and acting kind of freed me um from a lot of that so it kind of healed me like in a lot of ways and so you know with with it being like that there was a lot of passion which led me to results you know and and studying every day you know every week and so you know it's i guess when you find what makes you tick you just you don't hold anything back so i'm grateful that you know, I had those films show up, you know, and I was ready to do those, even though you feel inadequate pretty much every time you get booked on something. So, <laughs> e- Even with those insecurities and stuff, I mean, yeah. was your family incredibly supportive when you told them that you wanted to, get, yeah, to be an actor? Um, <laughs> Coming from a <laughs> like, conservative Utah, <laughs> choice of career being in the arts. Listen, son, genuinely. if you get lost out there, don't, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you, son. Uh, you know, it's... The whole thing is uh, with with that kind of scenario is like I was doing business and sales and like all these other things. Really good normal jobs, making normal money jobs, and, and but I, there was secure. always this subconscious like desire. Even when I was a kid, when I was a kid, a lot of people don't know I like filmed movies with my friends and I like wrote and directed them myself, and I was like I was obsessed with it. Like I would force my friends to actually like come out they're like do we have to film can we can we go like do something can we go get some candy at the store i'm like no we haven't shot the guy with the bow and arrow and the sword you know take 24 (laughs) back to your one damn it and i was like it was one of those Landon, we're eight it was those yeah exactly exactly Landon. i don't give a shit and i no, i still remember we were walking home um from shooting because Lord of the Rings inspired me. I was like, I want to do like a Lord of the Rings movie. I was like 13 or something. And so I like made wooden swords and all these different things. And uh, and we we shot it like at a local like abandoned barn thing somewhere. It was just <laughs> crappy area. And 
I'm like up on this thing about to shoot an arrow down on this guy, and this car drives by in the background, just like. <laughs> they're like cut <laughs> oh no you know what was funny is we didn't even notice it so like when we watched it again we're like crap the car and Great it was tight, like guys we gotta go back we gotta go back you know and i would like make continuity's and, off it's like raining and in the then next day. then the worst part was we were walking back to their house after filming and we were all carrying like swords and like wearing capes and like all this nerd whatever you know and like the hot girls from our neighborhood like drove past and we're all like, <laughs> like <laughs> ditch like, the sword. Ditch it. <laughs> ditch it all, man. You know? And oh my gosh, that was the worst thing ever. And uh so yeah, the insecurity started at a young age. But uh no, yeah, it's just I've always felt like acting was a part of me. I just I have such a reverence for it, I guess. I mean, I think um a reverence and respect and so if you approach anything like that um, aggressively, I mean, you can get a good result. I mean, anybody can. What know? was uh, what was like the first <coughs> acting experience you had other than like that stuff? Like, did you just like start a class, or how did you kind of like just get into? Yeah, it? like like when I was doing basic jobs, I, I I didn't even answer the question about my parents. And <laughs> oh. We went off on it some blah blah lines. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens all the time. The odds that we ever stick to anything. Completely. I think I think people like. <laughs> When when you jump out of an ordinary type of scenario, they they kind of like you're gonna be an actor, huh? Like or a musician or you know anything, and they're just Comedian, like Canadian. You're gonna be, that yeah, sounds anything. weird. Okay, uh, and like Good for luck. me, I never did drama in high school. I never did anything, nothing, no study, and uh, I met Rob through a mutual friend, at just the right time, and I was like. I want to go pursue this. Like it was just out of nowhere. So I sold the business I was working on and like all these other things. We ended up uh, sitting down and talking for like three hours. It was Rob Diamond, the guy that directed Love Everlasting. And so I w started going to his class and three months later he booked me as the lead in like his little indie Christian film he did. Like, was that Wayward? Yeah. That was my first movie I ever did. So I was, I had an, an inordinary experience starting because typically you don't just play a lead role in a movie like without having done anything <laughs> so, how, was, how so, was that just kind of like figuring it out as you're going I, well there's two things i figured out that it's freaking hard and like i knew i wanted to do it the rest of my life yep you know it was like because it was so challenging like i don't believe in arrival i don't think you arrive at a point where you're like i have made it i have accomplished everything well if it's you like, do then What's the point? What's, what are you yeah. doing? You know, and so it challenged me a lot as a person and and in the craft. And so, I don't know. I was really grateful. Like I just, I just think about that. I was just so lucky and so grateful for that. So that yeah. I, I find that incredible too. That that was your first leading role because yeah, I would not have guessed that watching that. And that's, I, I guess Rob kind of likes to do that because that's kind of what he did with Lucky, yeah, as well. Just. Yeah, you're gonna be the lead in this. And <laughs> well, I believe he's an acting coach, so like he he can pull emotion out of a out of talent. I mean, there's a lot more that goes into acting than just crying, or like <laughs> no, no, <laughs> or just like They're all expressing Oscar emotion. noms because they cried. The Oscar tier, the Oscar tier. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> we talked about that in class today, but yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. But you know, this is you notice with Lucky in that movie that is he's natural. I mean, it's not like Okay, you're like indicating, you're overacting, and it's like really weird, dude. Like, you know, everyone's just like, oh, he's just a young kid just talking and 
it's normal. So he underplayed it a lot, and I think Rob was the bigger factor in like making sure he was doing that. You know, and yeah. So I don't know. That, that's how Rob does it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of throws new people into stuff. I think it's cool that he does that. It's, it gives people opportunities to like figure out if that's w- you know what they're supposed to do. So, so kind of a question for both you and Austin. When it came to Love Everlasting, I mean, you know that Lucky Blue Smith is coming in, and he's this huge model. I mean, wh- how did you guys both kind of approach that, knowing his background wasn't necessarily acting but modeling, and being able to kind of bring him into that world at the same time well, it's kind of like not necessarily our responsibility which yeah. is nice so it wasn't like <laughs> but at the same time i think rob was also counting on people who've been acting for at least a little bit or have more experience to help along the process and not in a way of like shadow directing like all right this is what you should do but just like pretty much just i don't know giving off the aura of like i know what i'm doing here on set these sort of things this is kind of typical acting behavior this is how you work this is you know you wake up you get your scene together and this is how you rehearse and so forth and uh just like little things like that kind of leading by example versus like actually having to like tell someone something you know i feel like you only need to do that as an actor unless there's like a real problem and you wouldn't even say it to the other actor it's not your job um so yeah it was like i was i was curious because i was like i think everyone was in a way of like He's just he's he's a model. So yeah. how is he? It doesn't mean they can just act. Well, and it was funny. But a lot of people, a lot of people were like, "Why did they cast him? That's just weird. Like you can't do that. He's a weird looking model guy <laughs> or whatever. You know, it's freaking weird. Well, like, yeah. And it's just I. Don't, no. But but the thing is, is like all the little girls are obsessed, and then older people, I were kind of like confused. I don't know. It was a weird phenomenon, but. The truth is, is like, you could say the same thing about me and Wayward, you know, why did they cast him? And I'm sure that they did that. Like, (laughs) Rob, what are you doing? You're throwing some kid that's never even done it before, you know, like, so I had nothing to say (laughs) because I did the same thing. Like, I, I'd be a hypocrite to say, yeah, I was really nervous about acting with him his first time, you know? So all you really have control of is yourself and how you approach your color in this like painting or this canvas and so i think austin and me we all understood that you know if we made strong choices that it would pull him into the moment with us and, and yeah he could feed off of that yeah that's kind of the main i guess responsibility i remember talking to rob before mm-hmm. in like pre-production was like just he he expects you know some of us who had been in it more to yeah just bring something to uh like in acting you know the main goal is to try to, you, you want to affect the other person in the scene. The more you make your scene partner look good, the more the scene turns out good. You know, it's yeah. ne- never about you. And the second you make it about you, the scene's flat and stupid and boring and predictable. So it's yep. more or less just like whatever your character is in this part of the story, try to affect whoever's there. If Lucky's in it, then yeah, you got to like affect him in some way. That's kind of just the point of acting. And then, of course, if you're the other person, you don't want to, and so then there's conflict, and so on and so forth. And that's where just kind of listening and reacting comes into play, where you just kind of got to be there, be present, and whatever happens, you just respond to it appropriately versus, like, try to predetermine or emotion or response or whatever, you know. It's kind of just go in there and have fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys both definitely really drove those scenes, especially coming from such 
opposite characters. I mean, where Austin, <laughs> Austin's the bully asshole and you're the the empath teacher. I mean, it was. I think there's a sequel. <laughs> I think there's just a movie <laughs> between in which us. Bo gets out of jail and Roman like takes him under his wing and they <laughs> build cars together tour for years. The, tour the country on bikes. Like, it becomes a road trip movie. Redemption's everlasting. <laughs> the redemption of Bo Chinsley. <laughs> <laughs> redemption. <laughs> Sounds like a I, weird. I absolutely want to see this. Now. Like lo- love everlasting the re- with the ever like crossed yeah. out, just like love. I love just it. love it, bro. Cause, love because I, I the fact that they came up with your name, th- how it sounds. Bo Chinsley is the biggest doinker name like I've ever <laughs> heard in my life. Bo Great use of doinker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bo- Sounds like a bully in an RG comic. So, uh, <laughs> Hang on, Moose, Bo Chinsley's here. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's got to be something with your name in it if we do a movie like that. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yep. (laughs) It's got to be the legend of Bo Chinsley, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I I would like it if your character ended up just opening, like, an illegal chop shop instead. Something So then he gets put back in there, and then it's like a whole What really happens (laughs) is it's like the reverse redemption of Bo Chinsley and he actually turns me into a psycho. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I... Roman just like... I start wreaking havoc on everything. Starts like marrying older women and <laughs> stealing their money. And, like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Or you go like to teach at the like prison and he ends up saying, hey, man, you know, there's some really good stuff going on here. Maybe when I get out, I have our own crime syndicate. <laughs> Didn't you ever wonder how he could afford that GTO yeah. in the movie? <laughs> you had no freaking idea. Did anyone it's a ask? Sixty thousand dollar car. I make like fifteen grand a year as a teacher <laughs> in Greenville High. Greenville. <laughs> Roman made some great investments back in the day. Why My dad had Stock and Dell. Yes. Why do you think I'm able to give motorcycles away because I make of money? <laughs> it's just a cover. Uh, All anyways, a facade. We can take this a lot of different directions oh, if yeah. we want to. Well, I think the great thing about the film is that it kind of gives every character a moment to shine. And then you guys as well, like every cast member kind of bounces off each other really well. There's that, so in Austin, there was that, uh, he had this oh shit moment on his face when you were yelling at him when he was like, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. In the pretty, yeah, which was a pretty great moment. And you know what's kind of sad is like, whenever you watch something, you, you feel like, ah, I would kind of would approach that a little differently if I could go back. Any totally. actor is going to say that. But... You know, I, I think it, where Roman was coming from, he, like, should have understood that some kids are being raised in homes that are not conducive to good behavior or are screwed up, you know. Or yeah. just in, so Bo was probably coming from a home that was defaced with love. I don't know if that was part of your yeah, totally. decision. That was like that 100% you, it. Yeah. And so Roman, I think he should have tried a little bit more to be compassionate with him instead of, firing off like oh <laughs> like, get the hell out so, so i made the choice like that this has happened like 10 times like okay we've we've been through this with Bo like this whole school year and it was like okay this was the last straw it just happens to be in this scene get out of my class you know and but it's kind of nice having roman be flawed you know if he's totally yep. perfect and just like the cool teacher right like Got it all figured out. <laughs> the cool just, teacher with an amazing beard. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of that beard? Was that, that good? That was good, a hell good, of a yeah, beard. Good beard. That, that was a good. I beard. I don't think I'll ever grow it again unless it's for a movie. Because like <laughs> I was itching like twenty four seven. Just yeah, it was. I I couldn't do it. I had somebody challenge me a couple of years ago to grow a beard after No Shave November because I hate No Shave November, so I won't participate. But I decided I would go. I would do it in December instead, just to. 
<laughs> and I made it like two weeks, and I was like, nope, can't do this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird. There's yeah, I don't know. I would get excited if it was for a character, though. Mm-hmm. Like it's fun when like you're, you're like developing Prince. your character, Charlie yeah, Prince. You exactly. Like you have to you have to grow your weird. F- Even his beard's perfect. It is. Ben Foster's little goatee thing that he does. It's, it's like man, badass. And uh, why? Why we, don't I have that we, cool? We make Jesse grow his goatee because he becomes evil Jesse. See, that's yeah. kind of a Ben Foster thing going on. Yeah, that, yeah. that's Charlie Pence right there. It's not a it's Charlie not a full Prince. evil Jesse potential though because evil Jesse like the, it, it the gets goat pointed. gets a little longer. Yeah, he'll he'll sit here and Jafar stroke it. And, yeah, it, it gets <laughs> it gets pointed. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's that whole thing. I just have a big bush. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two big we bushes two. <laughs> what does to say it <laughs> what do well, i what, what can i say i like to I keep back myself and forth, i've got a mirror in front of me and i was just like <laughs> I, I don't want to look at myself right now <laughs> i just have a, I'm too I have a facial to bush eyes. and uh yeah. facial bush facial bush facial bush, bush. facial Okay. No, that this does, is, that's this is not making it any better. Damn it. This has uh, got to end. Okay. Like Let's wrap it up. <laughs> uh, so, so the last descent. Now, this this movie it, it it's a story about the Nutty Putty Caves in in Utah, uh-huh. where really just a a terrible tragedy happened. Where, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I vaguely remember it when it happened. A, a guy had gone uh, splunking in the caves and and got stuck and. There was no way to rescue him. Yeah, well, those caves, I grew up going in them for scouts. Uh, I don't know why I ever did. It's freaking nuts. Um, You literally crawl down in the hole to the entrance, and you crouch and lay on your stomach, and you scoot with your head, like, tucked sideways, and the ceiling's just pushing on your back as you scoot. You're making me claustrophobic. For, like, 30 feet (laughs) until you finally get to an open room. But everywhere you explore in there is literally, like, an 18-inch hole. So you're just you're either going forward or back and a lot of times you can't go backwards you can only go forwards and so you have to go forwards until you get to another cavern and so um they were more experienced like with those caves because i don't know they have a background of caving or whatever i guess and they um and so they got the permits to go down and and they just went off map um because the character i played the real person that i played him and uh, his dad like mapped nutty putty caves for like the government from my understanding oh, wow. and stuff and some of the places where they went they were on they hadn't even been on the map yet so where he got stuck um it just wasn't uh, there wasn't a lot of experience in that part of the cave people didn't really know as much and so they were going in and they were pushing too hard and he where he got stuck it was just impossible to get leverage because he was hanging head first and he was pinched on his back like an arch. And, oh, and so so when I when I approached uh, the other actor, Chad, um, when I would always when I'd come up there, I just, you know, when I, we were shooting it and stuff, I could just envision like what that would have been like. I mean, you're kind of helpless. There's no leverage to like pull or do anything. Yeah. And, and you can't. It's that's why he was stuck there. People go, what an idiot. He got stuck in a cave. But I could say, oh, what an idiot. He drowned you know, or he did this. I mean, we all do stupid things when we're, we have adrenaline, you know. Yeah. And so they were like, well, we're going through this cave. And so he just got stuck. And, you know, they they did like everything that they possibly could as far as rescuing is concerned. You know, going in and tying and roping and drilling. I mean, that from what from my understanding, from hearing from real rescuers that were there, like that's really all you could do. And it was so deep, hundreds of feet below the surface. Um, 
that uh, it just makes it hard to get anything get anything done. It's just tragic. Like it was, it, honestly, that's one of the most emotional projects I've ever been a part of because it's completely true. Like pretty yeah. much everything in the movie is like, you know, a form of exactly what happened. But even in his him and his wife's relationship. And so, and even my character, we just, it wasn't as gruesome because like the guy that I played, he got, when he got life flighted out, like the, the cable snapped and it like broke his jaw and like knocked one of his eyes out. Like it was like hanging, like, like he was messed up. Like, but you know, in a family movie, I'm not going to have a hanging eye. I mean, (laughs) people just go nuts, but um no it was it was a powerful experience and the the really the really cool thing about the art in it is that isaac the guy that directed he did the writing the directing he shot it he edited it he scored a lot of it wow it like his everything. project he just can like not a lot of people are like good at all of those things no, austin, and I, austin and i learned that really quick when we, when we yeah. tried to take those approaches we were like yeah we can't do you got to find someone who's good at it to do it for you. Oh. But sometimes it's like it sounds like in his situation, it was just better if he had it all envisioned, was in control of it, and yeah, was good at it, good at all those aspects. I just respected that so much, and like he put ev- like what's cr- what's crazy about being an actor is like you, the the you don't realize until you do it of like what the work that went into even creating the story or getting permission to do the script or yeah. writing the script. He did it like two years or three years before, like we even shot it. And then right when he's about to shoot it, they're like, you get booked on it. And you're like, yeah, you just created this this year, huh? No, you've been like working on this freaking story for like five years. And I get to just jump on board and like be a part of it. Like I was so stoked. I was just grateful to be. That's another kind of what we were talking about earlier. The people who actually just make movies is so so hard to actually make a movie and like get it out there because there's so many there's so many stages in the process for it to go to hell (laughs) if the script's not good for one then you can't have a good movie and if say say the script's gold you shoot it wrong you can't have a good movie you can't turn a oscar-winning script that's shot wrong to be good say both of those end up being good and now it's in the editing room and the editing's bad you could have had the oscar-winning shot movie and if it's in the hands of an editor who doesn't know what they're doing, then it's all of a sudden a shit yep. movie. And so it's like these directors and producers who have this you know project for like years put like all this freaking time into it for people to just see it and be like, well, that was garbage. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, brutal. I think you have to learn, too, to not, not be precious with it, even though it is something that you've poured your heart into. I mean, there, there's been the one film that Austin and I started writing last year that – we were like, all right, cool. Like, we like how this how this feels. And then we sat down actually with Jesse to read through the script. And after reading through it, we we're like, well, this needs fixed. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's no it's, first act here at all. There's, like, I don't even th- I don't even think there's an arrival with the script. I don't think you get to a point where you're like, oh, the script's perfect. Yeah. Like, yeah. By you, no means did we think it was perfect. We just yeah. felt like, okay, we've got we've got a script, and then we realized we. <laughs> We don't have a script. We, don't, we, don't have a script. <laughs> <laughs> we got some words on a paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've I've tried writing, and you know I have such a respect for it because I like wrote a whole script for it was it probably would end up being a three hour movie honestly, but I I after I was said and done I was like, wow this movie would suck. <laughs> I was like, I, how I envisioned this happening in writing wasn't exactly how it happened. So I you know and it's like. 
people there's screenwriters and there's actors and the, you got to kind of collaborate and find the best of all the worlds you know yeah. and to make something good and so when you're limited in these independent films to even get something as beautiful as that movie is is a miracle Absolutely. like it just is it just and, is and then yeah on that and end, just distribution it's so and lucky to get a part of a movie that's like good cuz like yeah. sometimes you got to just take jobs because you like need to keep working you know yeah. and it's not necessarily something you're passionate about but then you get one where it's like oh this one's actually pretty cool and yeah then this is a cool script you know passionate about it as well that's also and the thing about lucky. the director too is he got out of the way like he he wrote the dialogue and you know me and chad and you know some of the main actors that were on it a lot we we changed words like all the time like as long as it got the point across yeah go from a to b these things need to happen. Or so there was just freedom, and I, I could say it how I would say it, you know, and that really helps me because I think directors that trust their actors is, is an imperative thing, you know. A director that has to control every detail of everything can actually ruin the the creativity of a project, you know. Yeah. And so, like, directors that, like, trust their actors, they're like, you know, you, you brought this character to the table. A lot of the, I've noticed that a lot of the good directors, like, they literally say, like, two words. It's like, less... Uh, a little more. Isn't, it Woody, isn't it Woody Allen that's just like uh, good? Uh, uh, do it, do it, do it better. Yeah, like, I, I think that's all. I think that's all he does, and then he just kind of disappears with a fourteen-year-old. And <laughs> <laughs> all righty, Woody Allen. <laughs> well, with that being like uh, based on a true story, do you feel like more character in depth, kind of more research for that character as opposed to something that's a fictional character? Uh, no. And I'll tell you why. Because there's already a story laid out. So I wanted to honor the individual that I was playing because he was a real kid. We had to change his name. I originally was playing, my name was his name, but for legal reasons, I had to, we had to change it. And he wouldn't talk to me. He, 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 would, he didn't want to revisit emotionally that experience because he felt responsible for John dying. Like, you know, and he's just miserable about it. So I, you know, I respected that. And so I just heard what his dad said and just then created my own belief system off of that, you know, and psychologically, whatever um, kind of experiences led up to where I was at, which was a place of inner turmoil and almost at a point where I didn't really care about my life. Like I would have been fine pushing John out and dying in there. Like I was kind of at that point mentally. Um, if you watch the film, there's certain scenes and certain things you'll kind of notice with that. But when you have those kind of roles, how do you, after a long day of shooting, kind of separate yourself so that you're not kind of stuck in that in that turmoil? When you're done shooting the movie, even just like on a, <laughs> on a shooting day, I mean, are you able to kind of decompress? From uh, that at all? It depends on how heavy it is. Um, I think that. I was crying for like two weeks straight, like when I shot that, because it was just so emotional and there was such a presence and uh, it was such a real thing, you know, and his wife was there. Like she's the one that made the project happen. Like oh, wow. the widow um, and amazing person. Like she was remarkable. Like she blew my mind. Like I was like, man, all men need women like this. You know, that's all I could think. Like I was like, this is crazy. Uh, very strong. So, um, having her around and hearing the authenticity of everything, it's just, it was a lot to, to take on. And so I was emotionally compromised most of the time and getting out of it. I, th I think, I don't know. I, I, until we were done shooting, I, I didn't really fully get out of anything. It was, 
It was like a month of that. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's somewhat. I've, I've played anything that's uh, too hefty, true or true events or anything like that. Yeah. So I, I think, not sure on that. Yeah, aspect. I think true events are like that's just. I imagine. I it's love a true events because like there's just so much at stake. Yeah. Like there's so much at stake, and like sometimes I couldn't even control what my body was doing emotionally. It was just like all the time, just crazy intense, you know, and. Uh, Sometimes they were like, cry less. Because <laughs> I, I like had a hard time. Because in real life, you try not to cry. Exactly. You, crying is not good acting. We it doesn't do, matter. Especially in, with um, men. It's like, I, they will, we will go to whatever length to not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. You, the the audience thing. is who cries for you. It's exactly. Not, it's not the character. And so, so like one of my scenes in the cave where I'm venting, like, I, I was crying in one of them, and they're like, okay, now don't cry and just store all of that emotion internally. And just. And it makes it let even me harder. See it. And, and you're you just like, like, cry harder. <sighs> you know, it's, it's just like. <laughs> That's how it is. Yeah, it's, but it's also like the, the most amazing thing to me. I just love it. I don't know. It's weird. It's kind of messed up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so true. It's, it's so like fulfilling. You get an addiction off of it. Yeah, it's fulfilling to uh, be open. To feeling those things because actually what it does teach me is how to love people more too mm -hmm. and empathize with uh, other human beings because pe everyone's struggling in something there's there's struggle with everybody and you know if you can't if you can stop judging people you will free yourself in life and I think acting is another thing it's taught me is to like stop judging people like yeah. at all because you also like, can't judge your character when you get a right. script. It's, the second you make a judgment on your character, you're inhibiting where you go with it. Yeah. But really, they're just someone who's going through something in life. Whether they're a really good person in the script or a horrible person, they're just a person who's going through something. This story that we're watching is just a sliver of their life. So you got to kind of like figure out all those areas you don't know and whatnot and fill in the blanks. But you can't judge them, you know? You can't like... For instance, like Denzel and Fences. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Oh, I need to see that yeah, so bad. I'm, I'm so stupid. He, he, like, blow, I mean. he blows it out of the water. He's so good. But, uh, but yet Austin and I still I argued over it for a, for best it. actor. It's it's solid. <laughs> but for instance, just that in that role, he can't judge his character. His character is incredibly flawed. Like He's great in so many ways and horrible in so many others. But you can't look at it like that. He just looks at it as like he's a dad who's got to do these things in his life. You know, and... Well, Therefore, comes the conflict. and Right. So well, and on. I think that in every human being, there's this light and dark, you know, because yeah. we've got this body, and then I believe in spiritual parts of life. And and so the spirit is, is kind of that unlimited potential part of you that, mm -hmm. that can be perfect in some way or just be the best you could possibly be. It's like infinite progression or infinite progress or whatever. But our bodies are like the limiters they're the dark part of us right and so in every character no matter who you are there's never just one yeah and if there's there isn't it's like if there is it's not interesting why are you even a character there's no it's there's just there's always a weakness there's mm -hmm. always a weakness in humanity so if you're not willing to if you're going to judge that yeah go go be an accountant <laughs> <laughs> You know, count, <laughs> count some beans or something. You know, then uh, go be an accountant. <laughs> but funny. the cool accountant has been Affleck because okay, yeah, that's yeah. a cool movie. You <laughs> see, I, I, I have seen that one. I liked it. 
I enjoyed it. So there were. I don't know why. There, I, there were bits and pieces that I would have liked <laughs> to have seen a little bit. Maybe tighter. it's because like Ben didn't have to show any emotion. Maybe that's why I liked it so much. He just you weren't like seeing Ben. Have, like, he was like, autistic. <laughs> so he was just like, I don't care I about don't anything. Do. It was a passion piece for him too, because he really wanted to make that timepiece with with the. I know I know I saw an interview was talking about. Yeah, I want I wanted the fedoras. I wanted the hats. Yeah, like it was. I get it. Yeah, it was it was it was very much oh, a passion man. piece for him. Well, no, no, you're talking about his other movie that he directed. Am I, am I mixing well, up the two? There's, there's, you, you're talking about the account. The, there's the account. Like Which one am I thinking of? Are you thinking uh, of Night and Day? Uh, yeah, Live by Night. Live by, Live by night. night. That is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, different movies. I totally not, different I movies. I did not see Live by Night. The Accountant came out three months ago or so, right? No, so you summer. saw Live by Night. Oh, well, which, that's going to bug me. I'll yeah. IMDb it later. So I want to know what I the did want to see Live by Night. So you you kind of were okay about it? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was, was okay cool. with it. It had its problems. See, Ben's it, it acting and directing his own movies. I mean, that's nuts. I mean, that's that takes some serious talent, man. I don't care. I've always wondered. I. I've watched a couple like behind the scenes from movies like that, and I'm, I'm like, how do you do that? They're like in their costume, you know, because they got to go be on camera here in a second, but they're also directing everything. And then, as an actor, I'm always like, I kind of want to just focus on like my thing. You can't get too involved with everything that's going on around you. You got to be aware of it, but not like involved with it. You just kind of got to be in your own world. But when you're the director, you're in charge of ten different departments. Every single thing, man. Yeah, you make sure the curtains are the right color and they're like got the right lighting on them, and then the carpets like oh then it doesn't like, work. And then he's standing there like looking at the camera like yeah you know this looks good. All right, let me get in my mark. <laughs> let me walk over there. All right, guys, wait for me to call action. Oh, wait, who's saying action and who's I? <laughs> I, 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 I can't even a, imagine. A still came out from Argo. Yeah, where, Argo. yeah, he's in his beard and everything, but he's also looking at the director's loop and everything, and I was just like. I, you can't you deny the talent, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think his strength is necessarily acting as much. I think he's an amazing writer and director. It's a storyteller. Yeah. Storyteller. Yeah, I think. I I don't know, but that's cool that he does everything. I mean, I got, you know, what, how could I ever say, I don't like him. He sucks. <laughs> you know, it's just, it just never, it can't be like that. You know, like, you know, a guilty pleasure of mine is Armageddon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Armageddon, man. It's a good movie. Yeah. People are always like, that's good... such a stupid movie. It's unrealistic. I'm like, every movie's unrealistic. <laughs> like, you don't know the, me. What about the Jungle Book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like pretty sure like 50% of movies are like accentuated or uh, how it, or exaggerated, you know, to a point where it's like, I don't know, how can you judge that? So That's how stories have been since the beginning of mankind when we were writing shit on yeah. the cave wall. You know what I mean? Like, it's, oh it's just how it is. He we, didn't catch a fish that big. <laughs> <laughs> the buffaloes don't look like that. Okay. It's depth of field. It's, it's not realistic. <laughs> what? <laughs> just go back to breathing over there. <laughs> you won't be breathing tonight, that's for sure. Oh. Whoa. Pause for drama. <laughs> you could take that a lot of ways, too. I know. <laughs> I'm, now I'm scared because I don't know which one it is. This is going to be one cramped room. You guys have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! We, we always do. <laughs> I haven't seen Armageddon in a long time, though. I feel like it holds up a lot better than Deep Impact. Like yes, very much. Yeah. Very much so. Yep, I I love Armageddon. I I just think J.J. Abrams is is the best writer. Oh yeah, like for one sure. of them of all time, and he freaking, I don't know. There's just so much emotion in it, and so many different characters, and so many different elements, and so many things at stake all at the same time. And, and it's it, also like got the total 
like facade of the like summer blockbuster kind yeah. of movie. Yeah. You know, it's like got it all in one and it's Ugh. totally a guilty pleasure. Like, it's a guilty it. pleasure. That's the word. That's that's the phrase. Is guilty pleasure. Hundred percent. You got that great team and the great cast. Yep. You got the wild card, you know, Steve Buscemi. You've got uh <laughs> Owen Wilson's in it. Oh uh, yeah. Dude, a bunch of people are in that show. Yeah, there's so many people in that, and I, it, I was a blast. I think that's like my favorite role of Bruce Willis is honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. I freaking love Harry Stamper, man. Yeah. He's my hero. But <laughs> freaking ending gets me every time too. Yep, it gets you. Yeah. You see, Christopher yeah. sobs and sings along to Aerosmith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. My bags are packed. <laughs> Ready to go. Yeah, I just get the animal crackers and do it on my own stomach. It's like, oh, there we go. <laughs> <Your own> st- <laughs> what I'm worried about is that there's a YouTube video that exists of this. Some, somewhere, somewhere there with you eating chili in bed or something like that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Sometimes I got a there's, free there's weekend. A good chance. <laughs> Depends on how stoned or drunk he was yeah. to, uh, to have made the video. <laughs> Sometimes you're bored. Cameras are rolling. Things happen. It's your camera. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how this happened. Cameras I don't know how this happened. Going. I shot it on my phone, hit upload to YouTube, and hey, yeah, there it is. It fell on the tripod. <laughs> and just, you know, who knows how art happens? It just happens. That's not art. Yeah, it's probably, <laughs> not. probably not. So, well, you know, now that you've been out here for, you know, almost a month, I mean, is, do you have any projects that you had shot previously that we still have to come before you actually start, start taking la by storm pretty much like the last three to four years like everything's coming to uh, a head like that's been that i've worked on because i have it last year i didn't work on like anything in utah i just kind of prepared to move and that's all that happened and so from here on out it's like whatever happens now is kind of the continuation you know same I'm, i've got nothing in the pipe just like <laughs> Training, it's working, time for you to move, keeping dude. yourself busy. Yeah, yeah my, mine and Austin's plans are to make up. the move this this summer. Yeah, late That's summer. That's cool. My zipper's September. undone. So. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, my yeah, zipper's undone. Uh, I don't know what, how that happened. <laughs> that happened to me earlier. Tim's like, your fly's down. Oh, thanks. That <laughs> <laughs> was it. Everybody fly check? Fly check? Fly check. I'm good. You, you good, Christopher? I'm always Trevor doesn't even have flies on his pants. <laughs> Buttons. They're <laughs> <laughs> not making those anymore on modern pants. Buttons or just or joggers. Oh, yeah. See, I can't, I can't pull off the jogger. I'm, I'm too fat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just look like a large child, in it, and it just, <laughs> it just, just does not work. <laughs> Baby Bushka. <laughs> oh, well. well, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to catch up with you while we were out here. So I know we, yeah. Austin and I had talked about it when you guys were actually filming Love Everlasting. It's something to, uh, to kind of bring I was everybody. I we could get like a full like love everlasting group on and then i don't know everyone's kind of like busy with their own stuff so maybe we'll get some other people but i was like we should for sure get landed on yeah and, uh, yeah this is fun yeah but just hang i out. appreciate you guys like letting me come chill <laughs> yeah and, and, and it's good to sit across from instead of behind you to be like that, that's landon i oh, I've, yeah. I've seen him and things all right we're friends <laughs> it's official now <laughs> i felt it dude i felt that like commitment you know from that night on yeah <laughs> it was there i knew from that moment i turned I knew from around that moment. and you were back there there's that guy there's baby bushka <laughs> baby bushka he's got he's about to lose two awards at this award show <laughs> oh man no, yeah. i lost three at that award show <laughs> i lost three <laughs> now it's all good so but uh where can everybody find you on social media to kind of see you know what you're what what you continue to do um yeah, i i have instagram and facebook i mean i think instagram's the way to follow people mostly now and it's just under my name landon henneman um and you should be able to find me on there 
and I usually post once every two months. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'll, it'll change. It'll change. I'll figure out Instagram. I've deleted it four times now. So have you really? Yes. Nice. <laughs> deleted, restarted. Deleted, restarted. I'd probably already be a famous social media star if I kept it the whole time. Not really, though. That was not, <laughs> all of all of that was uh, made up and dumb. So. But not really. But not really, actually. So, but. Yeah, I, I love it's cool when people like are interested in what you're doing and so yeah, I'm always Or your yeah. IMDB. Or IMDB, yeah. Landon Hanneman, you see some upcoming projects. Yeah, I like my middle name in there, but it's just too long. Landon Paul Henneman. That would be just too much. Paul is a big name. I think <laughs> I think Landon Henneman is a big name. Paul is just like, okay, now it's a sentence. You've got like a, your middle name like, sounds like a pirate on Instagram. Austin R. Grant. Austin R. Grant. <laughs> Which Dude, is great because to... he has to do it so that he doesn't get confused with the porn actor. On Have I told you that story? It's, there's an what? actual, this, this is how my IMDb name, won't, okay, I'll just tell the story real quick now that we're here. So I was, it was like my first IMDb credit and I was like looking for it and I was like, I wonder if they've like added me and I go to and I like. Click on it. It was like Austin Grant. I'm like, oh, cool. Click on it. I have some other credits on there as well. And they're actually like gay pornos. And I'm <laughs> like, are you freaking kidding me right now? There is a gay porn star named Austin Grant. And that's why I put the middle initial R so that it's distinct. And then it's like, AKA Austin Grant. But like, that's a good name. start yeah. Yeah. to your career. I know. I'm like, hopefully they're like, wow, he already sold out. All right. I'm really, really thinking about casting him. What, is, what else has he done? Like, <laughs> Marine Crucible something. I the title of one of them. Oh, oh my gosh. It's I'll, I'll just never forget the first time I went to give him an IMDb credit. And he's just like, make sure you put the R in there. Make sure you put the R in there. <laughs> you have to bring that character before we go though you have to what's his name surfer dude oh barf milburn barf milburn, milburn. Yeah. <laughs> did, 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 oh. you, did you show land in our first barf did i sh did i show you the video or i think i don't know if i showed him the video or just did the it's voice either the play or barf milburn uh, dave what's oh. what's that play again the oh, 12 there's a, there's a one act tw 12 play. pack uh, the character's name is 12, pack, 12 pack. Captain 12 Pack, and he's this drunken guy. He's like <laughs> on it. The whole play takes place on a school bus. It's a one man play, so you play all the characters, and one of them's called Captain 12 Pack. <coughs> and he's just has a crown basically made out of like a 12 pack of beer, and he just talks gibberish. And I told Landon about it, and we always quote it on the set of Love Ever The whole time we were shooting. Literally the entire time. They were it, like, and cut. Hey, Dave! 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 <laughs> like, I'm not Dave. Dave! And Rob's like, shut up! <laughs> and then most people are like, what are they doing? It yeah, was like every, no one had any idea, but uh, they're kind of like laughing and like, oh, oh what so is this? Funny. Barf Milburn. Yeah. <laughs> if you still have Barf on your phone, you have to show, show him when we turn this off. Yeah. Dude, the, I the love one Barf, barf dude. The one Barf video that we've made dude, so far. Dude, he's so funny, man. Did I show you the video, though? <laughs> yes, you did. With, oh, the, with the peanut butter I've and the gnar? Yeah. How to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. In my home calf. My home calf. No case. So stupid. Oh my god! We have the maturity of twelve-year-olds. <laughs> well, thank it. you again, Landon, for, for yeah, braving man. the, yeah, the for traffic coming. to I, make it here too. And I created havoc on here for you. I'm sorry about that. There's a lot of crazy things going on, but it was a blast. It's fun. So. Awesome. Well, have a safe drive back, and, uh, and thank best you. Of, best of luck out here. Well, hopefully, Austin and I will see you see you later this year out here. Sounds good. Cool. We'll see it. See ya.